0: Episode 972, Deep Dive on Dune Messiah. Intro. Here we go, people. It's been a year. Time
1: to start reading. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Christian, bringing you theology at warp speed. I'm Matt Anderson. And I am Bendy Bodo We're back. We're back for something I've been waiting for for, I mean, has it been a year?
0: It's been almost a year. I mean,
1: I, I think we... I gotta we, go back and check.
0: Yeah, we, we were... We started reading Dune around this time last year, and then it I think it went into, like, November, December before we finished. But, yeah, it's been about a year, and well, that's well, tell, fantastic.
1: Tell the story of what we did last year, in case listeners don't know, and then give them the spoiler warning.
0: Right. So this is – we we had done this on the Extra Feed, where if you're not on the Extra Feed, if you're not on Patreon, so you haven't heard either the deep dive on Dune or what we did with uh, Moby Dick uh, – in both those cases, and especially with Moby Dick, we went to just an obscene level of length and detail. But with uh, Dune, you know, we, we broke the book up into chunks, and so you'll get your first chunk at the end of it tonight.
1: Well, uh, uh, I, was, I just looked real quick. We did 10 parts. Did 10 parts for Dune. So Deep Dive on Dune parts 1 through 10. Ben gave us a... Uh, like a section to read, yeah. And then by the next week, we came back and had or that about read and that and, he, and, he, and it really helped because I had read Dune back in 2015 with Ben. Well, not with him. We read it in preparation right. for an episode on the show. I really it's liked what it. We do after <laughs> it's just what we read to get. <laughs> when we're not podcasting. Ben reads to me. <laughs> I just close my eyes and I sit <laughs> in this relaxing true. chair. But yeah, so we read it five or six years ago. Uh, I really liked it, but this time with your, yeah, I mean your analysis and walking us through, I got a lot more out of it. And now I just. After you doing the deep dive on Dune with us, now Dune is one of my favorite novels, period. So I'm super excited to read Dune Besides, I did check. Guess what? Uh, we, we did Deep Dive on Dune Part 10 this year, February 2021. All right. And we did a feedback episode, which, listeners, we don't really do feedback in the main feed, but over on Patreon, we occasionally do feedback. And so yeah, February 4th, we released our last Dune episode, which was Deep Dive on Dune Feedback. So I...
0: I you know we have different levels, different tiers in the Patreon feed. So the Dune episodes, I and mean, we should say that this intro is on the main feed, but the rest of the Dune Messiah read through is going to be on the extra feed. It's it's definitely worth your money if you like Dune and want to hear us talk about it in a lot of depth. And you can read listen to all those episodes for the first book before the movie comes out. Uh, and what is it like three bucks a month to do the the first yeah, tier? Yeah. So sapphire Christian
1: Extra is our lowest uh, level, three dollars. We barely ever talk about this. I often plug the patreon.com but i don't really talk about yeah. the uh the level so patreon.com forward slash the stuff at christian three dollars for the extra feed five dollars for sort of our miscellaneous feed which includes our sports uh podcast and the kwai guys which is our fan podcast for a bridge in the river kwai right and my personal podcast stuff ben doesn't like right where ben is not on that show i don't like it so that's the five dollar level and then seven dollar that's where most people come in because Ben does his uncensored stuff. I, yeah, I'm but you, there. you
0: need to be sure you want that. Yeah, this is like I, I'm not. I don't want to deal with any emails saying you're offended by what you heard.
1: It's a. It is offensive. I'll just yeah. say I'm offended. There
0: are there are offensive items. So, but also product recommendations.
1: So I would probably say just locking up three dollars. Just coming for three dollars. Yeah.
0: I mean, if you can't afford three dollars, what are you even doing with your life? I mean, that that's a little mean.
1: But <laughs> but if it's you, something to think about. If you do want to read Dune for the first time, go catch up. But r- starting right now we're heading into a spoiler section of this podcast where yeah. we're going to have to talk about what but happened in only Dune. For,
0: yeah, only for the first book.
1: Yes, because I haven't read Dune Messiah yet. I'm going to be reading it with all of you over on the extra feed.
0: So, Dune, the story so far, and I'm not obviously not going to recap the whole thing. Okay. I will say, I do want to plug something, though.
1: Wait, before we plug that, I just checked this out. Guess what? We So today we're recording on September 7th, 2021, and we started reading Dune together while I released that first episode, Deep Dive on Dune Part 1, on October 7th. So wow. it's been almost exactly eleven months. Yeah, well, it's been—I was going to say one year, but you're right. Technically, exactly eleven months. Yeah. So, yeah, we're right on
0: track. You know, the other thing I want to do before the movie comes out, I do want to do a review with you if you're willing to watch it of Yadorowski's Dune.
1: Oh, the, the documentary. documentary? Yeah. I would love to, and I—I I could just come over and watch it. I would yeah, love to watch it. Yeah,
0: that. we should do that. All right. So, Dune: the story so far, and spoilers for the first book. And please, if you haven't—if you haven't read it or seen, you know, one of the adaptations or something, just, this isn't the way to hear about Dune, okay? You're going to miss all these details. You owe it to yourself. It's such a good book. Owe it to yourself to, to experience it in either, preferably the novel uh, or the film that's coming out in a month. So just don't, just stop listening if you haven't heard Dune, okay? All right, so the story so far is Paul Atreides won. He won everything at the end of Dune. And so I'm not even going to go into all the details, because if you haven't heard Dune, you don't deserve to be caught up. So I'm assuming you know the basic structure of the story. So at the end of, of Dune, uh, you have the Emperor Shaddam Fourth from House Carino. You have the Baron Harkonnen. All of them are on Arrakis. And Paul basically holds a gun to the universe's head and says, if you don't all surrender to me, I'm going to blow up the spice. I'm going end to the, end the spice cycle production here on Arrakis. And he's able to do it. Can you remind me,
1: why would that be... I know it has to do with their commerce and whatnot, but why would that Yeah, so things? the
0: spice it has geriatric properties, meaning it gives youth. It has uh, induces prescience. It allows the guild navigators to be able to uh, successfully navigate through the Dune, uh, you know, through the universe. Because in Dune... There are no computers allowed. So the Butlerian Jihad is an event 10,000 years prior to the first novel that outlaws the use of thinking machines, any type of robots, any type of uh, anything more than a very basic computer within the Dune universe. And so instead you have human computers called Mentats who are specifically trained to be able to do extreme computations, extreme logic in their head and then you have different groups that use the spice melange for, that is only found on Arrakis or the planet Dune and they are able to do that to, it, to create their own you know, it, it gives visions of prescience it gives, I don't want to say psychic powers, but loosely psychic-like powers and that's where the Benny Gesserit come in who are that order who are are uh these this group of women who have been guiding humanity through uh the centuries using their breeding program and using their genetics and they do what they do and their powers come through their use of the spice. The Guild Navigators are also heavily dependent on the spice in order to navigate through the galaxy and through this interstellar travel the the navigators are dependent on the prescience abilities created by the spice. So not having the spice, blowing at the spice, you know, and and it's a fairly basic, you know, it's the metaphor is right there once you see it, would have been the equivalent of wiping out oil in the middle of the 20th century. You know, okay. the, that and that's an intentional metaphor on Frank Herbert's part. Okay. Uh, by the way. So if you think about that, imagine like it's 1980, 1990, uh, and I'm putting it back a little bit because, you know, possibly now we are at a point where with electric cars and everything, maybe there, maybe we could find ways around it. Maybe not. Um, but, you know, like the 80s, 90s, if you just made oil disappear, you've Destroyed the world, basically. Okay. You know, you, you've just sent everything. You turn the clock backwards a couple hundred years at least. And not only that, but think of, you know, how it's one thing to not have oil and not be dependent on it. It's a different thing to not have oil and be dependent on it. Like you killed probably most of the world's population if you do that. Okay. So this is what I, when I say Paul's holding a gun to the universe's head, that's what I mean. And he wins. The universe surrenders to him. Now, it's also no, worth noting that Paul is the Kwisatz teterek I mentioned this Benny Gesserit breeding programs. They've been breeding towards a male Benny Gesserit, essentially, who they call the Kwisatz Hederach, who is able to see through the spice vision, both both his male and female past memories. So the Benny Gesserit reverend mothers, when they take the spice vision, they're able to see down the female portion of their lineage, but they can't see down the male portion of the lineage. They, they, there's like this, this block there that they, there's a darkness that they can't see into. The Quezot Haderach is able to see both. And Paul has amazing abilities of prescience. He can see the future, or at least see possible futures in a profound way. So part of Paul's visions then along the way in Dune, is as we're leading up to this grand battle between him and the Harkonnens and ultimately Shot on the Fourth, uh part of what's going on in the subtext of Dune is that Paul has these visions of jihad coming to the the universe. That his somehow the path he is on is gonna unleash this jihad on the universe. And so when Paul wins at the end. It's like he won. He's the hero. It's the, it's the ending. We, it, we expect the Baron Harkonnen dies. Paul's sister, Aaliyah, if you mm-hmm. uh, recall her, she's preborn, meaning that she is in Jessica's womb. When Jessica takes the water of life and goes through the spice vision and sees her past memories. So Aaliyah is born with her genetic memories unlocked. So she's not a normal child. And so she's like four years old and she kills the Baron at the end of, of Dune. And, uh, Dune ends, then, with Paul entering into a ceremonial marriage with Princess Irulan, who is shot on the fourth's daughter, which helps seal his legitimacy, but his true marriage is to Chani, his fremen wife. Um, she takes up a role of a concubine like what Jessica had with, with Duke Leto, and Paul is the emperor. He's, he's the king of the world. You know, or of the galaxy at this point. And not just an emperor like Shaddam IV was, he's now the virtually the most powerful emperor in history. So Paul rules the universe. But there's this giant question mark at the end of Dune that says, what happens next, especially given uh, the visions Paul has had of his Fremen soldiers, his super soldiers, the Fadaikin, unleashed on the galaxy? What happens then? And that's where Dune Messiah comes in. Okay. So Dune Messiah, let's talk about what you're about to start reading. Because when we think of part twos, we tend to think of, it's like the first book, but the stakes are ramped up to 11. You know, it's like Terminator 2, Aliens, it's, you know, the Dark Knight or something like that. It's that we're going to do a similar type of thing, but make it even bigger and better. That is not what the Dune sequels are, especially Dune Messiah. So Dune Messiah is not Dune 2, okay? It is not... You know, we're now. Who's there's a new threat that's emerged. Paul may have defeated the Harkonnens, but when a new threat emerges, it's gonna take the power of love and all the <laughs> friends he made along the way. And then it's like you know, you're catch up, and it's, so Dune Messiah starts twelve years later. It's either twelve or fourteen years later, and it, it's a decade and change in the future after the end of Dune. And it's like you can imagine the scene where well, Paul and Stilgar have gotten into a fight back then, and so you know, Paul walks into a bar in Arrakis or something and it's like still i'm gonna need you after all the things you pulled i don't know if i can trust you son still it's one last mission like you can imagine dune 2 that is not and obviously i'm making fun of the the genre but you know the genre and and despite making fun of it sometimes of course it's very done very very well those examples i listed are all all great movies so yeah you know the the genre can be done well that kind of ramp up the stakes to 11 That is not what Dune Messiah is at all. If you think about the end of Dune, it's not just Paul's story. That is a hinge point in the history of humanity. And it's about what happens next. What happens? Paul follows through on his vision. He unleashes this jihad on the universe. Is it horrible? Is it it as bad as he feared? You'll find out. You'll find out very early in Dune Messiah where all that's at. But it's not about the quest to rule, it's not about action, it's not about this kind of hero's journey in the way that that Dune was. Dune Messiah is fundamentally about watching the results of the ending of Dune echo throughout history, and that's what Children of Dune is, so Children of Dune's going to pick up another 16 years later, and then... God Emperor of Dune, which takes place 3,500 years after that. Dune Heretics of Dune, which takes place another 1,500 years after that. And Chapter House of Dune, which is uh, very shortly thereafter Heretics. And so what you wind up with in the Dune series is you have about 5,000 years of history that all are about what resonates from this one moment. And that doesn't mean everything that happens is passive. Of course, there's actions, and and you're going to see that in this book, and you're going to see Paul make choices that are going to impact the rest of that history. But fundamentally, what you have to understand for the rest of the Dune series is that Paul's actions at the end of Dune unleash something. He opened Pandora's box, and the the... The impact of Pandora's box is going to be felt over the next 5,000 years of human history. And if you are reading Dune from that perspective, and we talked about this for the first novel, is Paul the hero or not, your answer to that question should change multiple times throughout the rest of the series. So you might have had one answer at the end of Dune. You might get two chapters into Dune Messiah and have a very different answer. You get to God Emperor. Maybe your answer's changed again. You know, it's a, it's going to keep going on. Uh, it's not going to be in this book, but eventually we're going to get introduced to the idea of the golden path, the idea of a a vision for humanity that will lead to humanity's salvation. So keep that in mind, because although the term the golden path is introduced, you're going to get some sense of where Frank Herbert is going there. But there's this massive scale that we're about to unleash. And again, do Messiah... Uh, still, a lot of the original characters. Um, you know. So we're not into this 3,500 years later stuff yet. But that's the scale Frank Herbert is working on. So let me stop there. Does that align with at all what you expect from this book?
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I'm not surprised by anything you said. I, you had already warned me that after the third book there's a big time jump I think we talked about that during maybe the foundation episode we recently did yeah Uh, so yeah everything you said is about right what I was expecting except for I don't necessarily know that I I don't believe I remember that there was a decade jump from where we left off so it's good to know that Uh, no I mean I'm ready for whatever it gives me I'm I'm ready for Dune Messiah I've been wanting to get into this since February when we wrapped up uh, Dune I was going to say Dune 1 but that wouldn't be accurate so yeah i'm excited I'm, I'm going to go download this tonight and and start reading so well, i wanna, I should say i listen to the book so i'll be listening yeah right away uh so let me let me just
0: two other things one technical within the world and then one i want to give as a um just a comment from frank herbert that i think puts dune in perspective Uh, So the first one is that you've kind of got an idea of all the different players in the galaxy through the first book. You've got the Bene Gesserit. You have the royal houses. You have the Fremen, all of that. The one that you haven't been introduced to yet and that you're going to meet at the very beginning of Dune is the Bene Tleilax. Oh, yeah. I haven't heard that. So the Bene Tleilax, they have people among their ranks called face dancers who are shapeshifters. And I don't want to reveal tons about the Benny Tleilax, but suffice to say, they are going to become one of the most important groups throughout the rest of the saga. Okay. So Benny Tleilax, super, super important. Then the other thing that's worth noting, though, is uh, if you want to put Dune into context, and I'm, I'm not going to read the exact quote, uh, but Frank Herbert said that he wrote Dune because he felt that charismatic leaders, of course, with Paul being one, ought to come with a warning label. And the warning label should say, maybe be dangerous to your health. Now, at the time he said this was late 70s, early 80s. So that's going to be important for the people he references. So think about public opinion of recent presidents at that time. And what Frank Herbert then said was that the most dangerous president in recent U.S. history was JFK because he was so charismatic and the, the most important or most beneficial president in recent U S history was Richard Nixon because he showed what's really going on that you have to, you don't have to agree with any of that, but you have to understand that mentality to get where Frank Herbert is coming at with this series. You know, I mentioned in news, I brought up that there was this article out there that the people are already attacking the Dune movie as a white savior narrative. If you think that coming out of Dune, you missed the point. You missed the point completely. And if you think that coming out of Dune in a positive way, like, oh, you know, that that was a fun hero's journey, Star Wars, you know, farm boy type of narrative. You're going to hate the sequels. You're just going to hate them because what you're going to see is the deconstruction of that idea fundamentally and what the impact of that is. Throughout the next, however many thousands of years,
1: man, you know I've been decluttering lately and getting rid of things I don't really need, and I've been toying with the idea, and I'm not ready to go all in on this yet, but of totally clearing out my books and movies and just keeping my very favorite things, and I'll say right here, Dune, the original, it would be on, it would make that list, and I'm hoping and excited for the idea that potentially Dune Messiah will be on that list.
0: So let me get to the the reading assignment for next time. And uh, yeah,
1: so listeners, this is what we do at the end of each episode. After we after Ben does the deep dive discussion, he then gives the uh, the breakdown of what chapter should you go to. What uh, if you're doing the audio book? He even gives a time code. So do, yeah. so
0: I had the time code. my, my notes aren't coming up for okay. that
1: so i'll have to come back and, and maybe we can put it in the
0: episode description yes uh, good the idea. other challenge i'm doing with this is that they, it's divided into chapters but there's no chapter names or titles each chapter begins with an epigraph mm-hmm. like you remember that from the first book so you're going to read through truth suffers from too much analysis that's the epigraph and that's at the beginning of chapter seven so you're going to read the first six chapters uh it's page 100
1: um, if you happen to have the exact book that exactly yeah
0: which is you know going off of the kindle version right now okay. and i think is in line with that but it's roughly 25 percent of the book so you will have the time code you said i i don't have it with me on my note doesn't want to sync
1: all right let me see if i can find it quickly i was just about to download it so this is perfect i'll download it and see if i can find it okay i'm gonna pause recording here and we're back everybody all right so the
0: timestamp to listen through is two hours 44 minutes and 26 seconds so we're going to do this in four parts. So this is roughly 25% of the novel.
1: Okay, great. Oh, wait. So you said instead of like 10 parts for... Yeah, Dune, Dune... Messiah is short. Oh, talk, talk about this. because So we did Deep Dive on Dune parts 1 through 10 for, for the original, and you're saying we'll only do four parts for this yeah. one? Dune Messiah oh. is pretty short. So we're going to be done within a month. Are you think we'll still stick with our weekly schedule like we've been mm-hmm. doing. Yeah,
0: yeah, we, we probably will. Uh, I mean, even if we took a week or two off, we, we should be able to finish right around the time the movie comes out. Oh, I would love that.
1: Yeah. Let's, let's shoot for that. Okay. Let's try not to take a week off, but I hear you if something may come up. So, all right, Ben, anything else? Or should I hit that music?
0: Hit that music. All right,
1: listeners, again, you're going to want to go to patreoncom forward slash the Sci-Fi christian That's where you can join. It's just three dollars. Three dollars. That's where you can join our extra feed. Uh, so and it you do have time to catch up. Yeah, ten short episodes over there. Actually, they're not that short. Just, just doing it. Ah, I like that. But well,
0: they're not as long as the Moby Dick ones were. But that's they, true. yeah, they're probably all about a half hour. All
1: right, everybody, that's all from here. I'm Matt Anderson. I'm Ben Di Bono. And we're The SciFi christian Signing off. Goodbye. Off the air, I want to ask you something. right After the music, I, I have a question for you. Now, well, I'll start right now. You had just recently made a top 50. Or sorry, 250 yeah. film list, essential films. And you talked about doing an episode. I'm looking at our coming weeks. I'm fine with just... I, like, you need two more weeks to to do our list for 975? Let's just... What if we just don't land on it? Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, like, I, I because I kind of want to have this conversation and I don't want to push it to the extra feed just because of the number. Yeah, but I mean, we are we're in season 10 or uh, season 11. It's a 10 year celebration. We can break That's, all the rules. Break them. So I, I'm interested in hearing you talk about your essential. Yeah. List. So do you want to go to the next episode? Yeah, yeah right uh, now. Oh, well, what's uh, doing it right now? Do you want to? I mean, you uh, when you got here, you said I see. So when you first got here this evening, you said, would you like to talk about my film list? And I would like to let's do all it. all right listeners next episode tune in ben made an essential film list his 250 essential films uh we'll we'll knock that thing out in about 15 minutes all or right. we'll discuss it <laughs> we, have, right. we have 15 minutes left before he leaves so uh check it out next
0: if letterbox wants to come up
1: so that this will be 70 oh, bad news letterbox
0: is is it loading for you we're offline due to planned network maintenance at our hosting provider.
1: Yep, it's uh, all right. Well, good. I'm glad we we're still recording, so we could <laughs> tell the people it's coming up soon. But I guess what I want the point I wanted to get across is I do love being on track with those seventy fives. But do we want to be at the mercy of a, a list yeah, like but, that? But we, we
0: can still do it.
1: I'm just thinking if so. If that would have been two seventy three and two seventy, next week we have to do the Ian Fleming episode. Yeah. And we usually do news, so that's three over. So then we would be at least one off if we do this. So, are you saying just do the film next week? Do the film list next week? Yeah. So then we we do our two our nine seventy five list actually on nine seventy six. Yeah, you're cool with that.
0: We just the rules were by nine seventy five. Okay,
1: good. That's what that's basically what I'm saying. I don't yeah. mind pushing it a little bit, even though let's, we typically don't. Let's do it. All right.